Yo. That was probably very loud. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We'll edit it out. No. Um, you can't. I'll, I'll voice over that part. <laughs> not allowed. Oh, by the way, before we get into anything, uh, I have always mm-hmm. wanted, like, you know, some of the good podcasts out there. Obviously, we're we're an exceptional podcast, but I guess some of our some of our competitors <laughs> they have okay. like they have like nice musical intros at the beginning and then like transitions oh, yeah. and stuff, you know. Hmm. I want one of those one day. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but I want one of those. Uh, say less. Me too. It would so, make it a lot better than just me screaming into the mic. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> because literally every episode we have a we have a cold ass open and a cold ass ending. <laughs> Yeah. yo <laughs> yeah. yeah or no, and then bye <laughs> yeah see ya see you next time yeah yeah no we'll, we'll, we'll get there we'll get in there we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out we'll, yeah. we'll uh do some research on how to make the habit because i do agree it would significantly elevate the um what's the production word? Like quality. The quality yes exactly the production quality of said pod but yeah, um, until then, um, hi everyone. Uh, welcome back to the Cold Open Podcast. Um, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. You know, I'm I'm excited about where we could be. Like, let's say six months from now or a year from now. Oh, me too. Me too. Honestly, yeah. Like, like Rose just think real, about man, it, man. Maybe like you know those TikTok uh, duets that people do over like a, the past version ever. of themselves. Do I ever imagine oh us God. doing this a year from now and we're oh, like. Yeah holy shit how much have we grown i don't know let's take a look what's what's my tiktok screen time oh mine mine's too much mine's too much yeah Ooh, i can schedule time away from the screen i might have to do that anyways that's not that's not significant or relevant but anyways yes look look there there are a couple significant things from today like (laughs) oh my god i'm so excited to talk about one particular thing but i'm gonna hold on it for now I won't say it because I will be a good friend. And I'm particularly excited because we just caught it. Like an hour or half an hour before we just started recording this. This is it was like an hour. Yeah. Thursday, hour January 27th. At 6 p.m. Yeah. Thursday, January 27th. An hour and ago. And for those of you who are listening, know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so oh sorry, you all know what by the time this comes out, because this is something we've been talking in great length about, but I won't I won't go any further. Um, that probably gave it away, but I'm sorry. But um, yeah, anyways. The one thing I want to address at the top of this episode is, so Simon, you sent me an ECHL announced suspension thing. I did. Article? I did uh, earlier today because I was bored and I was procrastinating all my schoolwork because I'm a bad boy, especially today. Hell but, yeah, yes. me too. But yes. I, I read the article and I think both you and I were pleasantly surprised because- Indeed. The ECHL announced on Thursday, so today, that Jacksonville Iceman forward Jacob Panetta has been suspended for the remainder of the season as a result of the racial gesture during ECHL game on January 22nd. Um, and then the ECHL commissioner had a statement saying insensitive actions and gestures, regardless of intent, cannot be tolerated in our game. So we just talked about this last episode, and now something we happened. Did. Good. Yay. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Good thing happened. Um, yeah, so again, uh, obviously super great um, that the ECHL did a significant thing. Um, like we said in the past, um, acts of race, like acts of racism and hate um, have, have been in hockey for a very long time. And oftentimes um, yeah. different leagues, not, not even just the NHL, but other leagues around the world have been very hesitant to do anything significant. Why? That's a question not for I can't answer, but um, the fact that ECHL actually took a step up and to um, and I basically suspend them for the remainder of the season. Um, I think it's significant. Um, now, granted, he's not a band forever, which would be my personal preference, but that's okay. I get why they didn't. But um, one thing I want to add here. Um, so Jacob Panetta is the, um, the culprit in this situation. Uh, I just want to add one little blurb in that article. Um, Mr. Panetta will have a conditional opportunity to apply to the ECHL for a reduction of the suspension and reinstatement after March 17th, 2022, pending successful completion of a learning experience conduct, uh, sorry, of a learning experience conducted in conjunction with the National Hockey League's Player Inclusion Committee. Now, again, I don't know. 
how long the NHL season, sorry, the ECHL season is. Maybe March 17th is when the season's already over. That seems a little bit sus to me. Um, but anyways, um, nonetheless, the fact that they decided to suspend him for the remainder of the season is significant. Um, as long as that's kind of after the season. But anyways. I want to go back quickly on one thing you said. You said uh, you would have preferred for him to never play a game again. Yeah. So I, I've toyed with that idea as well. I'm like on the fence. In situations mm. like these, especially in the ECHL, the players are very young, I think, right? Uh, or I don't know. How old is go- Jacob Panetta? Keep, keep going. I'll look it up right now. Keep going. I'll, okay, okay, keep okay. Going your point. So when it comes to age, I think, sorry, when it comes to any issue or whether it's regarding racism or any Jacob crime, Panetta is 26 years old. Okay, never mind then. I was going to say that if someone is below the age of 20, in my opinion, or even... I'd go as far as like 22, 23. They're very immature, whether they like argue against that or not. And your brain is still developing. And so you're, you're a young adult. You're a teen, you're a teenager. You're still learning everything. And I want to give the benefit of the doubt to people that age that they will change if given proper guidance. So that's why I'm Mm -hmm. like, if he was young, then, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it being, a suspension of this many games and then later on he'll you get to play again but yep. you just said he's 26 so now i don't know maybe he should be suspended longer <laughs> so yeah so like i i i agree with the first point you made in the sense that like if if they're a bit younger kind of we maybe we should look at them a bit differently i agree with that to a certain extent i just think that there's some things that that that, that, that you go through in life where it's just it's like it's just common sense so it's like yeah. like and to me, racism, especially when you're like when you're in the ECHL, when you're affiliated with a national hockey league organization, you're basically you have the privilege of making a lot of money, or so maybe not necessarily in the ECHL, but you're basically playing hockey for a living. I just think it's difficult to look at kind of mistakes and like making up for those mistakes under the same light, depending on what those mistakes are. For example, racism, acts of hate. Like, like uh, other things like that, I think there's, there's, there's a line and I just don't know where that is. Um, and hopefully yeah, that's because, too. and hopefully that's because just in, in recent instances, like, actually, no, that's not even true. I was going to say there hasn't been that many racist instances in the NHL, which is blatantly false, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, again, uh, Hopefully, this is something that not just like the people who are involved in the situation. Hopefully, that the rest of the fans of the of hockey, uh, people who like this, like people like Jordan Subban, people just like the sport in general, can actually kind of learn from. Because I do think that it is a significant moment, even though it's not, it didn't happen in the NHL. And I think that the that the fact that the league took what I believe is a significant step to, kind of. Um, making jacob accountable for his actions is significant yep yep so tldr or sorry i shouldn't say tldr you should definitely read the whole thing um good conclusion something we can all learn from something i hope the nhl learns from but i don't don't have faith in them Uh, no 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 we've talked about that before okay multiple times let's move to something else now um Something just happened an hour ago. I'm going to tease it a little bit. Okay, you know what? Okay, I'm going to address this situation now from a different perspective than what we've addressed it previously, okay? That's probably a good idea, actually. Yep, go ahead. So I'm not going to talk about, like, the doom and gloom of why Evander Kane. There, I said it. His name, Evander Kane. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not going to rub it in our faces again why he's such a bad guy. We all know that already, okay? We know he's a dick. <laughs> but okay, hold on hold on before you go on your ranch give me one second okay so now that you, now 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 that you did bring it up i will i'm just gonna quickly go over, go over the headline so for those of you who are unaware um at about about an hour ago evander kane signed with the edmonton oilers this isn't really news this is something that's been rumored for about two weeks now we touched we talked about it two podcast episodes ago um so again this isn't new this is like this is it happened. Um, this is prophesized a long time ago. Um, yep. So he's currently so he's going to make 
$750,000. That's the veteran's minimum. That's the same amount that Jason Spezza is making. He is receiving a $625,000 million, sorry, $625,000 <laughs> signing yeah. bonus. <laughs> yeah, could you, fuck, I swear to God. A $625,000 signing bonus. And his cap hit will be, will be about $2.1 million. Mm-hmm. This is the interesting part to me. It includes a no movement clause. So he's not getting traded. Uh, I believe that means it can't be waived. I can't. I can't remember that hundred percent. But he basically, two point. He's basically making capital of two point about around two million. No movement clause, and he's making about. He's basically basically making veterans minimum. Um, yeah. So Evander Kane is now on the rel- on the relatively west coast with the Edmonton Oilers. It's not really west coast. I'll just say Alberta, but fuck nowhere. The thing I wanted to mention was, mm. so this guy, this guy, this fucking guy. How can you possibly, how can you possibly have more things to say about Evander Kane, given all the time we've spent talking about in the last like three episodes? Okay, not not anything bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, highlight yeah. Okay. the right, reasons yeah. why I think, or why we all think Edmonton signed him. This mm-hmm. guy is an elite left winger in the National Hockey League. He is really. <laughs> Okay. okay maybe he's, not elite he, he's very good he's, he's very a, good he's an, i think he's an all-star caliber i just don't think he's elite fine 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 he's i not think elite. that's fair Correct. i agree with you there he's not elite my opinion. but he is yes. a first line left winger on most teams in the league I, I can agree with that go ahead this guy i'm gonna go back i'm just gonna go back all the way to his atlanta days oh boy okay? 66 games 26 points. Okay, that was his rookie season. We'll forget that. Uh, he broke out onto the scene in 11-12, Winnipeg. 74 games, 30 goals, 27 assists, 57 points. Phenomenal. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Uh, lockout shortened season, he was okay. Next season, he was okay. His Eventually, the his last season in Winnipeg, 37 games played, 10 goals, 12 assists, 22 points. So, look, all, just over half a point a game. So, he started to taper off. Then he goes to Buffalo, 35 and 65, then 43 and 70, then 40 and 61. Buffalo is garbage, and they've been for like a decade now, a decade and a half, so I'm going to forget that. Mm. But then he goes to the San Jose Sharks, 14 points in 17 games. He helps them on their playoff run that season, 17-18, right? Did the Sharks go deep during 17-18? I can't remember. I don't think so. Not not, not particularly far, I don't think. But anyways, go ahead. Uh, Next season after that, 56 points in 75 games. Again, a 30-goal season. Following season, again in San Jose, 64 games, 26 goals, 21 assists, 47 points. That's the COVID-shortened season. Yep. And then uh, 2021, uh, 22 goals, 27 assists, 49 points in 56 games. Okay. I'm just reading a bunch of numbers for you guys right now. But basically, so you could... Sorry. In 2007, 2018, the San Jose Sharks went to the second round. They beat the Ducks in the first round, swept cool. them. And then lost to the Vegas Golden Knights in yes. six games. I remember that now. The Knights choked, mm-hmm. but also the refs helped them choke, I guess. Okay. Yes. Evander Kane, what can we what can we say from these numbers that I just listed, Simon? What would you say? It's a good goal scorer, man. Very it's a good uh, goal scorer. He's fantastic. Has a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. I will say inconsistent is another thing I'll say relatively kind of based yeah. off of yes yes not don't get me wrong the last his last like four years he's been in the league last three years he's been especially with the San Jose Sharks he's been remarkably consistent mm-hmm. but before then all over the place uh that's my point like yeah uh and again, like More 20 goals, 28 goals, 20 goals, nine goals, like so nine goals in 17 games, but still, that's still still very good. We basically had basically had 30 goals in 17, 18. So score your goals. Yeah. Good player. Okay. You you brought up something that I I now want to go in a different direction because I think this is an even more important point. The team that he did really well with was San Jose. Yep. I was just San, bring that up. Yep. San Jose during when during his time on the Sharks. So 17, 18, 18, 19, they were great. It sounds like Sharks were great. They only recently had a tremendous fall from grace this season or last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when Kane was not really involved with the team anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? 
But the team that he was, that he performed exceptionally well on were early on in his career, the Winnipeg Jets, and then San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Do the Edmonton Oilers in their current form compare to those teams in terms of structure, in terms of how good the team is around Evander Kane, or are the Oilers better than those teams were? I'm really glad you brought this up because one, there's one point that I wanted to bring up when we talked about the Oilers, which I didn't even get to. And I think this, and I think this is a very relevant point talking about Evander Kane. Um, the reason I think that, it's, that this point is significant is because when we talk about the San Jose Sharks, one thing that I think needs to be said about that team, they had an incredible amount of leadership on that team. Joe Thornton, Evan, sorry, not Evander Kane. Yep. Joe Thornton, Joe Pavelski. Uh, I think Patrick Marlowe was there when Evander Kane was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark Edward Vlasic. Uh, yep. Eric Carlson, like there are not like there are a, a number. There are so many players on that team that has either been the captain of an NHL team or have been or have been an assistant captain of, the, of an NHL team. But when you contrast that to the current state of the Edmonton Oilers, I am a firm believer the Edmonton Oilers don't have an ounce of leadership in that locker room. Not at all. Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid is an exceptional hockey player. He's the best player in the world. I will stand by that statement, but I think he is one of the worst leaders in the NHL. And simply put, like when you look, if you just look at him, I just don't think he has any personality. Like he's a robot. He, he is a robot. Leon Dreisaitl, for all the points I mentioned about the interview with uh, Jim Matheson, like again, he's a very good hockey player. I would take him on my team, especially at, at his contract. He's a very good hockey player. He's an assistant captain on that team. But you're telling me you think Leon Dreisel is a good leader? Like compare, like compare, like, like compare that stuff here about like. Uh, Why do you hate Leon Dreisel so much? Because, <laughs> man, no, but like, no, 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 no. I'm being serious. Though. Like, if if you compare like Leon Dreisel and Connor McDavid again, I'm gonna put Leon Dreisel in the same boat as Connor McDavid because again when he's like the Evgeny Malkin of the pits of the uh, Edmonton Oilers in the sense that like he's the second best player on the he's second the second best player on the team he's an assistant captain and I think that he's someone that a lot of people look up to now maybe the now maybe the answer is Malkin's not a good leader or not a good leader either maybe I might believe that but my, my, my main point here is like compare Connor McDavid's leadership style to people like Gabriel Landeskog like um Sidney Crosby, like Patrice Bergeron, like in the in the one thing that keeps coming into my head, like all these guys are so vocal about things that they want to that like on the way that they think the game should be played, how they can help the team get better. And again, maybe I'm maybe just because I have some sort of bias towards not liking the Edmonton Oilers, and again, based on some of the points I've made, maybe that's fair. But like, I just don't see that same quality with Connor McDavid. He seems very quiet when it comes to like when he's actually on the ice, except when he's actually like visibly frustrated. But like he doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like he communicates a whole lot. And in terms of like why I think Evander Kane was able to thrive in places like San Jose for so long, was because of the leadership that was around him. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Yeah. It's a coincidence that the Evander Kane stuff started coming out once Joe Thornton left, once Joe Pavelski left, once Patrick Marlowe left, like. Yeah, uh, the state of that San Jose locker room is completely different now than it was like two or three years ago. Can I say one thing? Yes. So I don't think it. Okay, Connor McDavid is not a great leader. I wouldn't shit on him as much as you just did. <laughs> sorry, so, <laughs> but sorry, l- 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 let me just be clear. I only made those points because sorry, sorry, the reason it feels like I'm being so harsh is because I think in order for them to make a Vander King work in that locker room, they need to have like almost like yes. a perfect state of leadership for them to make it work. I'm not, I didn't necessarily mean to mean, mean to make it to the like Conor McDavid's like a, like a horrible, horrible. I don't think, he, I don't think he's a great leader. Like you said, but I just don't think he's, I also don't think he's horrible because again, I've seen other no. captains in the league. Like, like I think Jack Eichel was actually worse. was a worse captain of the <clears> Buffalo Sabres and Conor McDavid was at the Edmonton Oilers. So I'm being the, completely honest, but anyway, the truth is if, if Connor McDavid entered your room right now, you'd roundhouse kick him in the face, right? Yes, I would. I would. I would tell him how much he sucks. No, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. Okay, okay. My my point is, 
Um, I think Connor McDavid is not a great leader either, but it's also because this guy has been thrown into possibly the worst situation that anyone could ever be thrown into. Sidney Crosby, early on in his career, who did he have for support? Look at the team around Sidney Crosby's when he was early on in the league. Mm-hmm. That team was just completely different. Sidney Crosby did not Mario have to. Lemieux. Yeah, the, he, Crosby did not have to will. Mm-hmm. Like the entire team put them on his back, grow ten ton balls of steel, yep, and carry them to the playoffs and win the cup in 09. He didn't have to do that on mm-hmm. his own. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned uh, you mentioned another team in there, <clears throat> Landis Cog. Yeah, Landis Cog. Yeah, Landis Cog. He came into the league. Who did he have on his team? Yeah. Uh, Milan Hayduk. Uh, oh man, Yo, uh, he had uh, McKinnon as well. Yeah, but like, yeah, but here's the thing: McKinnon was so much younger. McKinnon is so much younger than Landis Cog. Like again, but I'm he? sure McKinnon's a good leader because Gabriel Landis Cog was drafted in 2011. Nathan McKinnon was drafted in 2014. Wait, are you right? Hold on. Yeah, I'm I'm positive and right about this because he was in this Landeskog was second overall. Oh, you're right. You're behind, right. Behind behind Nuge and in front of Landis <laughs> in a sorry, ahead of Huberto. Mm-hmm. But he still had some very good leaders on the team. Like Matthew Shane was on the team at the time. Again, yep. you, you could have debate whether how good of a leader Matthew Shane was, but like Jaguar was on that team. Uh, Milan Hayduke was, I think Milan Hayduke was the captain. And I think he's someone who's been widely respected around the league. But like even even if you look at the players that he's had on his team to learn from, Jerome McGinley, one yep. of the best captains of all time, was a was a call was a member of the Colorado Avalanche. Yep. Like, yeah, like yeah, anyway. And who did McDavid had? Uh, have when he entered the Oilers? That's no a good one. question. Literally, yeah. no one. He had Andrew Ferentz. <laughs> God no. <laughs> See, and this is the thing, right? Again, it, I'm not saying it's McDavid's fault. These are that that I think he's lacks leadership qualities. But he's... what one one of the things I said at the time that he was named captain, I thought he was named captain way too early way too early yeah and the reason i said that is because i think it was his second his second full season i think it was the first year in rexall like sorry not in rexall it was the first season after moving out of rexall into rogers place or whatever and like again i get why they did it because hey oh it's a it's our, it's our new home this guy's going to be the this guy's going to be the face of their franchise for such a long time like it's time to like officially move on to the next chapter of our franchise and name him the captain but like man like <laughs> I don't even think he had played a full season at that point. He fractured his collarbone the season before. And like, yeah. and, and, and you said it, he had no one around him to actually learn from and actually like kind of mentor outside of like guys he played with like, at like the world cup of hockey. So, like, so what I'd say is uh, Connor McDavid is just a product of circumstance. Anyone who enters the league at that young of a age and is thrown into a leadership role that big, no one's mm-hmm. going to have success unless you're surrounded by more leaders around you. That's what the Leafs have done. Yep. Um, yep. The Leafs didn't give the captaincy to, uh, to Matthews or Marner or any, anyone near that age. They give it to Tavares. But they, have, they waited so long on awarding a captaincy because they wanted to make sure that the room, the locker room, was filled with more than one, more than two, more than like five leadership voices at any given point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that's what they are. I'm not saying the Leafs are the prime example for all the teams to follow. No, they have a lot of problems as well. Yeah. But I agree with you there. Maybe that's something Edmonton should have done. That being said, sorry, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. That being said, I want to move back to Evander Kane. Um, we know that the leadership in Edmonton is sus. Okay, that's not yes, a matter yeah, of. Yeah, I just tore it. We just tore strip off it. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not a matter of debate anymore. We. I don't think anyone believes in the, the leadership. In you, mean, you mean great leader, Duncan Keith? Exactly, right? Like, look how far down we have to go. Yeah. That's so low, man. Man. Or Cody Cece? No. Tyson no. Barry? Yeah, no, I'm joking. No, Sorry, go no, ahead. No, no, but, no, yeah, no. go ahead. Please continue your point. My point is, Evander Kane is now in a situation where I don't think he actually will be as good as people think he will be. He'll play on a line with McDavid, right? 100%. He'll put up points. Oh, yeah. But oh, he, yeah. no way is he going to be the straw that stirs this drink. He's not going to be the reason why the Edmonton Oilers suddenly have a resurgence up the standings. 
I think he gets cut at some point this season. You think so? I think there's a good chance. Because here's the thing. Um, again, I guess this kind of goes back to leadership. I'm not going to harp on that too much. But he's someone who has a very explosive personality um, in the sense that I think he's a very short fuse. Um, I've, we've seen some of the we, we've we've seen some of the videos of him circulating around the internet in terms of stuff with his wife. Again, like I don't know how many people know us, but like I forward this video to you. But apparently, is that there was a video circulating of Vander Kane with a gun, basically pointing it at his uh, that pointing at his now ex wife. Yeah, like, man. Like I don't know what triggered that. Like, and, and I'm and I'm not gonna really I don't want to speculate too much on it because again, that's just something I don't really know. But he just seems like someone again, and I and I don't like. He just seems like someone where if if things go wrong things can just get very out of hand and i just don't think the edmonton oilers have the leadership group to be able to withstand multiple kind of circumstances multiple kind of outbursts outbursts from evander kane especially just given i think the state of the edmonton oilers locker room right now is just so incredibly fragile with how poorly they've played the last month and like again maybe i'm wrong and that there's a good chance I'm wrong, considering we're almost halfway through the season, and and Edmonton just says screw it, we're gonna try to power through it. But like, man, I, I maybe I just, I'm optimistic. Yeah. Maybe I'm just stupidly optimistic. I don't. I have a feeling Evander Kane will be okay. Like he won't have any weird scandals or outbursts for the remainder of this season. That's my optimism. Yeah. Maybe blind faith. I hope you're right. Like Trish, for the, I hope you're right because like I, I like I genuinely feel bad for Connor McDavid. Same. I really do. Poor guy. Like he, like <laughs> no one signed up for this. The Oilers have been dog shit for the last how many years? Ten. Yeah. If if not longer, like if if, not longer. I would say probably since they, I would say probably since they uh, went to the Cup Finals against the against the Hurricanes in oh yeah. seven oh six. Yeah, aside from that one flash in the pan run when they went to the second round in the in the Stanley Cup in and then they lost to the Oilers. So they lost to the Ducks. But yeah, he, like here's yeah. the thing: like the Edmonton Oilers were one of the first. I think I I can't don't don't quote me on this. Cause I'm not sure, but it feels like the first time. Sorry, they were one of the first teams ever, or they were one of the first teams ever to have like three or four or five years or out of like six years where they had the first overall pick. Yeah, and they did nothing with it. Nuge. Taylor Hall, sorry, Taylor Hall, Nuge, Yakupov. Yeah. That's the 12, 13, the, they didn't draft first overall, 2014. Uh, 15 was McDavid. 14 was Dreisaitl. Yes. 15 was McDavid. Taylor Hall's gone. You treated for Adam Larson. Nuge is a very serviceable player, but definitely not first overall quality. Jonathan Hubert is third overall in the league in points, by the way, right now. Um, yep. Like, man, like, Dreisaitl and McDavid have been very good players, but, like, you had three other first-round picks. First overall picks, not first-round picks, first overall picks. And you're seriously telling me that, that, that you couldn't make a legitimate contender, like, in that window? Can I make a bold take? Yes. Bold prediction? I think, unless the Oilers pull off some miracle run this year, which I doubt they will, nope. uh, I think McDavid's gone within two seasons. Uh, I don't know about that. I'd say Here, sorry, sorry. Here's, here's I'd say twenty twenty five max. He's gone. If the Oilers continue to be this bad, man, I'm standing by that. They will be. Like uh, here, no one. Okay, no one's here, gonna spend okay. that much time in the league on a struggling team who's now so desperate that they have to sign this controversial ass dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Again, I think McDavid, yeah. whatever he said on the press conference last week about like, oh yeah, Vander Kane, he's a he's a good scorer. He'll definitely help our team. <clears throat> That's coming from someone who is desperate as shit. Yeah. Ken Holland, desperate. McDavid, desperate. McDavid mm-hmm. wants to win so badly that he's willing to accept the consequences of saying something as boneheaded as that in a press conference think about how desperate you have to be to yeah just to win and a I'm game hoping, yeah and i'm hoping that that's really that's where that came from because like, i voiced my concerns about those quotes earlier and in, in a previous episode but um yeah like so looking at his contract so he has after this year's one two three four years left cap hit of 12 and a half million dollars 
in terms of actual cash, it's uh, $12 million next year, 11 after that, 10 after that, 10 after that. So it was, so his contract was front loaded, not super front loaded, but like the, the cash is coming out, coming down after this year. So again, manageable. The reason I'm hesitant to say that the Conor McDavid gets traded is just, I think it's so difficult for any team to make a trade like this work because a Conor McDavid's the best player in the league right now. And like in order to make 12 and a half million dollars in salary work where you're exchanging different pieces and everything, because again, if you said 20, if you said around 2025, his contract expires and after the 2025, 2026 season. So if that's the case, I could fully just see him kind of just saying, I'm not going to request anything. I'm going to go on the free agent market. I'm going to control my own destiny. Maybe so. Like it's, and like, I'm going to, like, I'm going to go make it big. I'm going to go like with the highest bidder. Yeah. I don't know. But again, I do think you're right in the sense I do. I'd like, I think there's no quite doubt in my mind that he's going to be, he's like on Connor McDavid's Wikipedia page at the end of his career, there's going to be more than one team beside his name in terms of teams that he's played for. 100%. Um, Cause again, at this point, the Edmonton Oilers, like it's, it's sad to think that they're basically going to have to go through on yet another rebuild potentially because of the way that they've managed their roster. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I, I, this, this definitely didn't, we didn't mean for this to basically turn on a shitting on the Oilers rant, but like, I think it's, I think everything we've brought up is relevant when it comes to talking about the whole saga with Evander Kane. Yeah. Look, um, the fact that you're signing Evander Kane, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to say it again. You're desperate. Okay. We talked about this last episode or a couple episodes ago. Everyone at Edmonton mm-hmm. right now just wants to win a game. They want to win games. They want to win something in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're starved. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they have to get Evander Kane to potentially quench their thirst just means something about what that market is going through right now. I told you, man. I think Ken Holland's done by is gone by the end of the year. I think I st- so too. I said that. I said that, and I stand by that because I don't think this is sustainable. I also want to say one thing. I was right. <laughs> About. I remember one episode we had a question of the day, and we're like, "What do we think is going to happen first? Do we think coach is going to be fired, or GM's going to be fired? Is going to oh, be yeah, a trade, no, or Evander you Kane?" Right. You were right. I said, "I said Dave Tippett was going to get fired first. Yeah, that was. And that. then I said Evander Kane purely for the purposes of wanting maximum chaos. And right now, I think if putting Evander Kane next to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, if that is not maximum chaos, I don't know what is. Chaos in a a good way in terms of goal scoring in the NHL, that line's going to be sick. But also chaos in terms of what the personality clash could be like. I hope hope Zach Hyman writes a children's book about Evander Kane and then masks it (laughs) and basically bashes it up in the form of a child's book. That would make my that would make my year. Zachary, if you hear this, please do it. I would greatly appreciate you more than I already do. Anyways. I wanna I wanna switch perspectives a little bit to just focus on Evander Kane now for at least a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. This guy, um, Twitter account J Fresh Hockey posted this about Ooh, an hour ago, account. about a few hours Good ago. <clears throat> um, do, do you follow him? I do. Oh, oh I, I don't know if I follow him, but I read a lot of his stuff. I should follow him, actually. I don't know why I don't if I don't. Let's check. Let's, let's check. Go ahead. So uh, Evander Kane, he posted his uh, war, projected war, 72%. Um, his worst things are defense and penalty. Everything else is like 70, 80, 90% good. Finishing 86%. And that's exactly what the Oilers need right now. He's very, very, very good. Um, he mentioned he in the tweet. killed 83%. Holy cow. Really? Yeah. Damn. Damn. Evander Kane reportedly signing with Edmonton for roughly one times 2 million is a scoring winger who can play in all situations, talented at carrying the puck and attacking off the rush, but prone to turnovers and minor, minor penalties. And then in a subtweet, he says also prone to other stuff. (laughs) Very funny. Um, I'm I'm factual, factual, very factual. Kind of funny, but also sad, but also facts. Yes. Yeah. Look, look, there's one thing I want to add here. Evander Kane is signing for how much? League minimum, basically, right? 750K. Yep. yep. Uh, but he has a signing bonus. 625K, which tells you what? Which tells you they, what? 
He wants money. Okay, yeah, I, I know he wants money. <laughs> but there were other teams involved here. Yep. If the Oilers were the only team, all they had to give him was the base, the base salary. Yep. Evander Kane needs a team more than the Oilers need him. Mm-hmm. If it's the other way around, I'm shocked at what Ken Holland is doing and why he still has a job. I hope that Evander Kane in this situation was not the negotiator. I'm going to the the fact that you're giving this clown a job, Ken Holland, mm-hmm. I hope, I hope you gave him the lowest ball offer you could. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you were the mm-hmm. only team in on this, why'd you even give him a signing bonus? Whatever. I'm going to pretend they weren't yeah. the only team on this, meaning that there were other well, teams were, involved. Okay. Yeah. Well, the and Capitals, so- I know the Capitals were taking a look. You were doing your due diligence as well. Um, I, got, I don't know if that means they actually got into serious negotiations, but like the, I think the quote from Frege was on they were, they were doing their homework and I think they were negotiating with Evander Kane. So again, a little, a little bit more context there. Which in a way is worse because then it was just a battle of which team can afford the biggest PR hit. Well, right. Sorry, sorry. Biggest PR hit, but also very talented hockey player. If we're gonna, sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not saying that's how people should look at it, but I think one thing we've talked about is the NHL is a business, and they don't care about a lot of the off ice stuff as long as the player that causes that off ice stuff is a productive hockey player for their hockey team and increases their chance to win. As mm-hmm. Connor McDavid said so eloquently, and again, I think it's a I think it's a twisted and messed up way to look at the league and look at kind of and try to evaluate talent, but it is what it is, man. It's the NHL, and this is something that we've talked about at length. So um, I'm not too surprised, um, uh, but I think this. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not gonna keep harping on this. Ten things I've been saying for the last. Like, How are the Oilers even fitting his contract though? Uh, give me one second. I will have cap friendly open right now. Give me uno second. Their space right now says zero. Yeah. Who, who are they taking out? Let's see. So they currently have three players on long term injured reserve. It's currently six, about it's about eight million dollars in cap relief. On the okay, fine. Yeah, so. I assume that's what it is, um, but even then, I have no idea. Because again, I I assume hmm. there's going to be a move coming, but I just don't know what that's going to be. Someone's probably going to get sent down or something. But I, don't know. I wonder if Mike Smith ever plays a game for the Edmonton Oilers again. I doubt him. Two point two million dollars, <laughs> which is he has another year on his contract. <laughs> he does. He does. He's thirty nine years old, but he's two point two million dollars, which is. Almost exactly how much Evander Kane is signing for on the Oilers, hmm. which is kind of curious. It is kind of curious, but oh. I don't know. I think there's also a good chance they just shell off some of the players I have on the current roster, like Devin Shore, uh, Colton Sevier. Like these guys aren't doing anything for you, man. And if you are, and if you're so, and again, I yeah, I don't know, man. It's just. Wow, I keep looking at this Oilers cap friendly. I keep thinking how poorly and poorly this team is managed. Oh my god! Can I throw in a question of the day now? I'm gonna throw one in. Yes, you can. Why do I keep asking you for permission? I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Um, Oilers right now they played 38 games. They have 42 points. Yeah. Can you predict where they're gonna end this season? Okay, give me one second and quickly pull up the standings just so I can actually accurately kind of give my give my take here. Right now they're um, four points back of a playoff spot from Calgary, which has 46. So this, this is gonna be a scorching hot take, like scorching. No. I don't actually I, 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 don't, I don't know if it is scorching. I think Edmonton finishes second last in their division. Um, I think Vancouver leapfrogs them the rest of the season. Interesting. Um so and just to be clear, I have um the teams ahead of them, I have Vegas, Anaheim, LA, Calgary, San Jose, Vancouver, um, and that's it in the division. In terms of where they finish in the overall league. No Minnesota? 
It's on the they're not a division. That oh, you're right. Central. Sorry, sorry. I was looking at wild card. Okay, continue. Yeah. In terms of where they finish, like uh, overall in the league, they are currently nineteenth. I think they finish somewhere between twenty to twenty-four. Um, but again, that's like so. That's so again. The teams that that they're currently ahead of are so that the Edmonton's currently ahead of is Detroit, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Chicago, Columbus, the Islanders, the Devils, the Flyers, the Sabers, the Kraken, the Senators, the Airs, uh, the Coyotes, and the Montreal Canadiens. The only te- the teams I can see the uh, the teams I can only really realistically seeing jumping over them are Winnipeg. Vancouver, and then maybe, maybe Detroit. But Detroit has been very iffy recently. So, again, I think they're, they're going to be somewhere between. They're not going to be much further from where they are right now. And I'm going to look at this from just a <clears throat> purely wildcard Western Conference perspective. Right now, they are fifth in the wildcard race. And if you were to ask me if Edmonton could leap over any of these following teams, Colorado, nope. Nashville, I mean, uh, Nashville is doing really well this season, okay? Well, Nashville, well, so Colorado and Nashville are leading their current or leading their divisions. Edmonton's in the Pacific, so they, have, they, they would have to leapfrog over Vegas and I'm, LA. I'm, I'm talking about, like, if Nashville ever drops to wild card. Got it, 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 good. I, I haven't actually looked too much into Nashville this season, but from what it looks They've like, I don't good. think I've been... Yeah, they've been good. Nashville, oh my god! Like, is I, Roman Yossi just my... killing it this season? Yossi, Matt Duchesne is having a resurgence. Uh, really, UC Saros is like, yeah, Matt Duchesne is not Matt Duchesne is one point short of being point per game. He oh, has wow. 39 points in 40 games. Michael Granlin is 36 points in 42 games. Philip Forsberg, 34 and 31. Ryan Johansson, 33 and 41. Okay. The Nashville Predators are making a resurgence, and I am here for it because I absolutely love this team with all my heart outside of the Leafs. <laughs> but will Edmonton jump them? Nope. St. Louis? Absolutely. Nope. Vegas, Anaheim, LA? Maybe LA if it drops down to wildcard, but probably not. And then you got Minnesota and Calgary, who I believe are better than the Oilers as well. So, I don't know. Maybe you have like St. a... Louis. Yeah. <clears throat> again, again. St. Louis isn't really a team I think really plays a huge factor in the uh, wild card race just because you know, if they fall out, let's just say Minnesota and St. Louis swap positions. St. Louis then becomes a third wild card team. If it comes to the first wild card team, then you have St. Louis, Calgary, Dallas, and San Jose. Um, personally, I think all the teams that are surrounding Edmonton, like Calgary, Dallas, maybe not Dallas, but Calgary especially, Calgary, uh San Jose, Edmonton, Vancouver, sorry, not Edmonton, Winnipeg and Vancouver are all probably going to finish ahead of them or have a good chance of it. So anyways, I just think St. Louis might be in a little bit of trouble with Mr. Jordan Bennington. My, my point is, though, point. my point is, mm-hmm. sure, look, all of these teams have flaws, but Edmonton, I don't think can beat any of them in the standings. There's no way, in my opinion, they're going to make the playoffs. They'll get the close. Edmonton, well, I think, yeah. hold, hold yep, on, I think, yep. I think they'll get to... Maybe a few points out of the second wild card spot at best, but mm-hmm. you cannot tell me. Looking at this Fair roster, point. even when you add Evander Kane in there, because what does Kane add? Mm-hmm. He adds more scoring. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The Oilers theoretically, even if you didn't have Evander Kane, could catch lightning in a bottle with just McDavid and Drysaddle and go on a ridiculous tear. They've done that over the last three, four seasons, right? Yep. So, adding Evander Kane is not uh, something different. It's just more of the same. So, if you look at the Evan- uh, Evander Kane. The Edmonton Oilers, from that perspective, I don't think they can beat out any of these teams ahead of them. They'll get close, but they're not going to make the playoffs. That is my prediction. Yeah, so like we know what the Edmonton Oilers are, right? Like they're a team that's gonna put that's gonna that's gonna score a lot of goals, or they can score a lot of goals given the personality they have on their team, and but they also allow a lot of goals. Um, like it's like they're currently eleventh in turn. They, 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 they give the 11th most, the 11th most goals in the NHL um, mm-hmm. in terms of where they are on goals for, give me a second, they are 16th. They've scored 123 goals, which is uh, they're at 3.37 goals per game. That is pretty solid. That's their, they're like right at league average. Um, 
when you're scoring, when you're allowing that many goals, you need to score more. Maybe that's our thought. I wish we should just score more goals, but we know what the Edmonton Oilers are. They're going to score a lot of goals. They're also going to allow a lot of goals. And there's going to be a lot of games where they can't outscore their problems because other teams around the league can stop the puck and, or can stop them from scoring. And when you and when you run into that problem, you're going to lose more games than you win. Yep. Hence, the Edmonton Oilers in 2021-2022. Yep, yep, yep. Take it from a Leafs fan. Yes. We've seen Leafs uh, iterations of Leafs teams that can only score. And I'd go up till just last season, the, the Leafs had very, very terrible defense. The Leafs had uh, Tyson Berry yeah. and Cody Ceci, and Edmonton took them and paid oh, them more. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. What, what was our defense that I think it was Justin Hall? Uh, oh my God! No, no, it wasn't even Justin Hall because that was that was on Babs's coaching. So Justin Hall was locked in a cardboard box. If you uh, go to the series versus Columbus, was it was Riley, CC, oh, Muzzin Hall. Was it? I'm pretty sure it was. Hold Muzzin on, Hall. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. And then Dermot Barry, no, or Muzzin Barry, some some combination of that. Uh, give me a second. I'm gonna check the roster right now. Give me one. Second, please. Pretty sure I it was Muzzinberry then, and then and then Dermot Hall. But either way, either way. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I, I I'm I'm more curious for myself now. Either way, I think yeah. we've seen two of those players on the least roster, and that defense was not good at all. Too many holes. Oh my god! But Edmonton had the same thing. Edmonton has the same thing now. Jake Muzzin got hurt, dude. Oh I yeah. In game You're two. Right. It was Barry, Cece, Dermot, Hall. So this isn't the pair. This is just who was playing. Barry, Cece, Dermot, Hall. Oh, Marincin, God. Riley. <laughs> oh, my God. But look, the Oilers aren't that much better right now. Who do they have? What's the Oilers' top six? So I'm going to go off the top of my head. I'm going to see how much I can get these right. Um, Nurse, uh, Barry, Cece, Evan Bouchard, Chris Russell, uh, oh okay, so God. I have the pairings oh, right now. It's Nurse Bouchard. Got that. Got so those nurse. Two? Okay. Nurse, pretty good. Bouchard. Yep. Up and coming, right? Pretty good. Uh, offensive defenseman, he's been very good. I will give him that. But Bouchard's <clears> been good. And then you have quite possibly the worst pairing in the league in Duncan Keith and Duncan Cody Keith. Keith. That's what I forgot. Who's what I forgot? Duncan Keith. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Duncan That's Keith so and Cody bad. Keith. Duncan. That is so bad. <laughs> Look, look, say what you want about how much leadership you can stuff into Duncan Keith's mouth. <laughs> He's got space because he doesn't have a lot of teeth. You can't leadership your way to a good defensive pairing. Mm-hmm. And Cody Cece was great last season in Pittsburgh, right? Mm-hmm. Cody Cece is not a top six defenseman. I will say that until the nope. earth dies. It's maybe sixth, wow. maybe seventh. That's aggressive. That's very dramatic, but yes. I don't care. I, I hate Cody Cece as much as you hate Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> Interesting. That's a lot of hate. Yeah. Duncan Keith, Cody Cece, and then they have uh, William Lagason and Chris Russell. Which is which is okay. Not good, man. Not good. Adding Kane does not do much. It does not move the needle at all. The needle is exactly where it is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. we, we've, we've been talking for a while. I think I wanted this episode for us to talk a little bit about the, about Olympics. the Olympics. We'll do that for next week now. Yeah, that probably, like, uh, yeah. Um, Oilers fans, if you're listening, I'm sorry for, for shooting on the you know, dry soil in your hockey team. Um, but at the same time, like I said before, a lot of the things I think concern me about the Evander Kane signing have to do with the current state of the hockey team. And I think that this is something that maybe that maybe it's something that you don't want to hear. And again, if that's if you don't, that's fine. Um, again, I apologize, but um, it's something I think that for, for those of you who are curious, for people who are curious about how we think the Evander Kane signing is going to turn out, I think it's all it's all it's all relevant, unfortunately. So, look, I'm just I'm just curious now because this is maximum chaos. This is the most chaotic thing that you could have asked for. And what's mm-hmm. funny is last episode, you ended it with, we're going to talk about the Olympics unless anything big newsworthy thing drops. Yeah. yeah you're like, yeah, I doubt it will. 
and the then you have this. kicked me in the balls. Yeah, yeah. Very funny. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um, I know we said we're gonna save the Olympic talk for next week, but as a Leafs fan, I feel obligated to bring this up. Congratulations, to Josh Hosang, for making oh, yeah. Canada. Um, very, very well deserved. He's been lighting it up in the AHL. Those of you who haven't been following the Leafs, or sorry. For because I know I know how every NHL fan is just so curious about how the Toronto Marlies are doing, how Josh Hosang is doing. Um, but yeah, no, seriously. Um uh I'm really excited to I'm really looking forward to talking about Team Canada because there there's a couple of players, um, really only two players I'm really I'm really like actively looking forward to watching, maybe three, but mostly two. Um yep. who those players are. You have to you have to wait and listen next week because uh I don't give my stuff away for free, or I don't just yeah. Quick enough. Okay. Well, you kind of do. Really, so. <laughs> you you kind of do because yeah, we're not yeah, making any money say, off yeah. this right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Um, but you have to wait because I want you to listen to the next episode too. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think when we record our next one, it'll be February first. That's still before the Olympics start. What we can do then is we'll go through some of the rosters, some of the players we're familiar with, and then we'll give our predictions for what we think the men's and women's teams will end up. This is the fun part about, in my opinion, about the NHL is not being at the Olympics. You have a good opportunity to kind of sit down and learn about yeah. the players that actually aren't in the... And again, I'm all for the whole best-on-best um, best tournament thing, but I guess in my own mind, it's never... like If they're going to make the, the, um, the World Cup of Hockey like a regular thing, I don't really understand why they're going to feel like they need to do both. It just seems really repetitive. Anyways, yeah, I know. that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing for another day. Go IOC. Uh, also, <laughs> Go IOC. It is kind of, <laughs> yeah. Also, it is kind of interesting how um, the NHL decided not to go to the Olympics and now it feels like COVID's really calming down again right before the Olympics start. I'm pretty... I'm pretty sure the Olympics start like next week. Yeah, February fourth. Oh no, 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 or February 9th. So I thought it was the second of February today because you fourth. The Feb fourth. Fourth. Oh, okay, yeah. interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, let me just check right now. Yeah, Feb fourth. <clears throat> but there's a curling game on Feb second, actually. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, I don't. I was gonna try to be like, oh, you know how much I love my curling, but I can't even do that. I just. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm anyway, that out for today. you want an outro? You've been listening. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no, well, uh, again, hopefully sooner rather than later we can come up with some intro and outro music, but at least for now, um, we'll see you on Wednesday. No, no, Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. I'll see you on Tuesday for some, uh, some, for, for some scintillating Olympic discussion Hell regarding... Yeah the olympic rosters and some olympic pro- projections i almost said predictions but projections both for where each team will land and who we are most looking forward in watching oh my god i can't like english is hard oh my god 